Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the UR Pod Usage Rate. We have a very special episode here today and a very special guest as well. NBL Fantasy or NBL Supercoach was uh, released yesterday. So I have one of my very good friends, best man at my wedding. Uh, he, he is a big fan of both Supercoach and the NBL. He has plenty of questions, and I'm sure lots of people are wondering the same sorts of things as right. this great yeah. man. So here he is, the uh, the wanderer of the hoop grid, Mr. Cameron Bazabaz-Bailey. Yeah. How are we, mate? Hey, going well, thanks. Um, thanks, well. Jamie. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to be here. Yeah. No worries. I know you're a big uh, big um, soup coach, Nat, and also a fantasy Nat, if those things are different. I guess they are in the world of AFL. Big uh, big on the NBL and basketball itself also. So uh, this new competition, uh, it could be a car with your name on it. That's me excited. I'm looking forward to it. Very nice. <laughs> Are you going to uh, replace the old ASX with the new ASX? That's a plan. That's a plan. That'd Hopefully, nice. get the keys at the end of the season. Yeah, it'd be very nice, wouldn't it? So, uh, mid February, car with your name on Yeah, mid February. We'll upgrade. Right, yeah. Watch it so, out. Uh, so, we're just going to do a bit of QA. I understand there's some things that, uh, that you might want to know about NBL fantasy that uh, a lot of other listeners might like to know as well. So, what do you got for me? Yeah, well, I'm a little bit stuck. My first thing is, um, do you have any players that I must have in the NBL Supercoach to start with? Um, I, I think it's going to be schedule dependent. I think um, I think it's going to be really important to start with players who are playing their games early in the season. So having a quick look at the schedule, um, I've, I've had a little bit of a look at when teams play their third game. Uh, because players obviously go up after three games in price. I've also looked at five games um, and seven games to sort of get a bit of a gauge around where different teams sit on that sort of line. So Hands uh, and New Zealand look like big nose early in the season. Definitely no New Zealand players. Um, they don't play their third game for quite a while. Um, and Cairns yeah. play their three pretty early, but then have a two-week break because they're going over to the States. The other one that um, a lot of people probably won't think of, I don't think, is Illawarra. Um, yeah. They've got a very back-heavy schedule, so looking to probably pick up some of those players a little bit later on. Uh, in terms yeah. of the must-haves, I think loading up on those players that are very schedule-dominant early, your South East Melbourne and your Perth guys, they've obviously got some superstars who have pretty high usage right? so um yeah i think um, yeah so like uh, so so like alan williams mitch yep, creek yep. type players yeah yeah bros cotton i think it's going to be a big one as well i think uh i think i'll be starting with those three for sure yeah sounds good and um in the supercoach world and in the nba in the afl fantasy yeah, I love loading up on a cash cow. So yes. are there any guys that you think uh, you might consider to be a, a cash cow? Um, well, obviously, obviously rookies you're looking at. Um, so I I think one exception to the no New Zealand and Cairns players is Taron Armstrong, um, given that he's probably going to get a starting spot. Um, I think he's going to increase in value pretty quickly. Um, so I don't think people want to probably miss out on him. 
Uh, Lockie Olbrick's another one from Illawarra. I think they're quite thin, thin on the front line, so uh, I think he'll he'll get some really big minutes. Um, and also the flower man from Adelaide, he looks like he's probably going to get the keys there. Although they're pretty guard heavy, I think he's re- they really looked for a next star who was going to be able to come in and sort of move the needle for them. So he's those three are my rookie guys that I'm looking at. Uh, in terms of guys that have been around for a little while, um, I'm thinking guys who have moved teams um, or are going to have some change in role. So Isaac White, um, I think Perfect. I think they've really brought him him in for a reason. Um, I think they want defenders at Brisbane, guys who are going to play hard, and he's obviously going to get his shots up. Um, Majuk Majuk at the Jack Jumpers. Um, had limited opportunity at the Jackies the last couple of years, so he's looking pretty cheap. Um, and I think with Will Magnay out, um, he'll see an increase in minutes. And also my my pick for the most improved, um, Nick Marshall from Adelaide. I think um, I think they're going to draw up quite a, quite a few plays for him. Um, so they're probably my big six. I'm going to try and get as many yeah. of those guys in as I can with my guys that I mentioned earlier. Yeah, nice little spread there. I like the Isaac White pick, especially after how good he was in NBL one. Yeah, dominates um, NBL one, doesn't he? Absolutely. And he was good in so, the game against CBU. Yeah, very handy as well. Um, so obviously with the cash cows and the must haves, there's obviously obviously a way that we score it. Um, how's that work? Yeah, so overall you get ten players, five on court, five on the bench. Um, it's a direct fifty fifty split, so. Two guards on the court, two guards on the bench, two forwards in each and a centre in each. Now, you're starting five players, you'll take their full score and the bench players, you'll get 50% of those players' score. So it's going to be really crucial, I think, to have guys on your bench who um, are going to be your cash cows, guys that are going to make you the money um, and score points because those those little um, things could be the difference. Uh, your captain will get double points. As well, so similar or same deal as your um, your AFL side of things. Um, yeah. Now, in terms of the breakdown, for every point scored by a player or every rebound snagged, um, the players in your fantasy team will get one point. Assists are worth two points. Um, they're pretty hard to come by in NBL. Blocks and steals, three points. Turnovers, minus two. Double-double, uh, five and triple-double, ten. So... I know there's a couple of sneaky guys uh, that you could be looking at for double-double points. I'm not so sure about the triple-double points, um, but I think there's a, there's going to be some real value in the double-doubles. Yeah, sounds good. Like a guy like, yeah, I'm really big on Alan Williams. He was the yeah, first person I kind of picked in my yeah, team. Yeah, and big that source. Was, that was based off that extra points for the double-double, um, which I thought would come in very handy, plus a few blocks. So, yeah, I know. I think after having a year... After having a year in the NBL as well, I don't think he's going to face the same problems that he probably did last year. He's not going to share those minutes with Joe Chetty either. So I think he is a, a definite must-have. Yeah. Um, you mentioned cash cows. Yes. Obviously, they go up in price. And they're based around that that concept of a break-even. Mm. So what's the what's break-even and um, yeah, how does that work? Um, so pretty much uh, every player's sort of got a break even, um, which from the start of the year comes from their value. Um, 
and it and it works off their their average over their past few games. So if you if you're willing to splash a little bit of money, you can get a hold of the Super Coach Gold, which will tell you the players break even, and you can kind of do some predicting around whether players will make that break even. Um, it does actually give you a percentage breakdown of uh, how likely it is that they reach the break even. So I think that's a really good purchase. If you think, I think it's twenty five dollars. Um, so twenty five dollars uh, investment to win to win that car is a pretty good investment, I reckon. Um, but they the break even that it shows is just an estimate. So it does change a little bit from that depending on what the other players um, score around them as well across the league. Yeah, sounds good. I'll um, I might invest and I might pay twenty five dollars for a new car. <laughs> yeah, well. Hopefully. Um, I'm in, in Supercoach, I think this season in AFL, I burnt all my trades by round about round 16. And when um, Nick Dacos went down, I've, I've kept him. So oh, no. how many trades do I get? And yeah, how many trades do I get? And can I use two a week and still have some left uh, when I'm playing finals at the end of the season? Yeah, well, hopefully you can get to the finals. Um, yeah, they've uh, they've been pretty kind to us with the NBL. I'm not sure if this is just the first year sort of thing or if it'll be an ongoing thing with their plans. But uh, you get two a week um, and then you also have four uh, booster trades as well. So you can use those any time through the season, um, but the maximum amount of trades you can use in one round is three trades. So uh, I think that'll that'll really play on people's strategy, whether people look to use them um, when those Cairns and New Zealand players come back um, or whether people save them for injury time or whether people save them for finals time so they can get that additional boost. I think that'll be a really interesting concept to, to sort of watch and see what happens with that one. Yep, I'll uh, probably use mine by round four. <laughs> it's probably a bit silly to use them by round four <laughs> if they don't go up in value in two or three games. <laughs> See what happens for you. Yeah, panic, panic buys. Panic boss. Um, <laughs> you mentioned a little bit earlier. You, you did touch on this, but um, who's the most expensive player that um, that you can buy, and why do you think that's the case? Uh, Bryce Cotton's the most expensive. Um, can't exactly remember his figure. Um, I think he's in the four hundreds though. Um, I think yeah, four seventy seven. Four seventy seven. So with your he's so you, with your overall salary of two million, he's taking a quarter of that. So. Um, if you're getting him, you want to be want to be sure that he's going to be a lock, and you, you want to probably keep him for for the whole season. I would think if you're spending up on him, um, I think with Bryce Cotton though, their whole system is designed around him. Um, whether that's him having the ball, um, he's he's going to have a pretty high usage rate. Um, either or the shooting, um, you don't get, he, he won't get penalised if he's missing shots. Um, there's no negatives in terms of percentage. Um, and he's I think he's an underrated passer as well and also plays really well off ball. So I think he's I think Bryce Cotton uh is there's a reason he's so expensive. Um I think he's he's a must have for mine. Yeah, you did mention that. That's really important that I actually don't lose points for poor field goal. Um, and also field. I think that's it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's um that's something that obviously dictates NBA fantasy a little bit. Um, also, he doesn't turn the ball over a hell of a lot. So 
we're not, I don't think we're going to see too much minus work out of Bryce Cotton. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's someone you'd, you consider to be a captain, but how's the, the captain VC and bench scoring work? So I know in Supercoach, uh, I like to put the vice captain on someone playing on a Friday night and it kind of gives me two goes with the captaincy. Um, can I do that in NBL or is that just the strategy is just not going to work for me? Yeah, so you can do it, but I would not think it would be ideal to do it. Um, so your captain obviously gets double points. If they don't play, like if they are a late out or something like that, um, your vice captain will double points. Um, but if you were to try and do that looping sort of strategy, uh, any donuts, if you will, uh, on your court will be filled by the lowest scoring player on your bench. So let's say that you had Bryce Cotton as your uh, captain. Uh, let's let's say you had Bryce Cotton as your vice captain, big source man as your captain, and then you tried to um, do a little bit of a switcheroo, if you will, and move source yeah. to the bench and move a non-playing player uh, onto your court and give them the captaincy. You might have uh, Isaac White sitting there who could score eight points. Now you would you would get his total going to your court if he was your lowest. You wouldn't get Source's score. So probably not ideal to do to do the loop. Uh, I think I mean there there might be times where it, where it pays off, but I th- like if someone just absolutely dominates in a game that that you don't expect them to, which players obviously do from time to time, but. I think percentage percentage play would be just to back in, back in your captain. Yeah, sounds good. I um, I kind of started making my team uh, last night and this morning, and I had I had Mitch Creek in mine, and you mentioned earlier the schedule is super yes. super important. Yeah. So if I captain uh, Mitch Creek in a week that he plays two games, do I get his score from the first game doubled? And his score from the second game doubled. So essentially, I get what you kind of classify as four games out of him yeah. in, in one round. Is that is that how that works? Yeah, that's spot on. So the the score is not for the game; it's for the round. So if uh, if Taz Armstrong plays one game, his score will be for that one game. If Mitch Creek plays two games, then his score will be for the two games. So if he's your captain, then his score for the round would double. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that sounds massive because by looking at that, yeah, if he gets a sixty and a sixty in round one and a sixty in that same week, you're getting two hundred forty points out of him just like yeah. that, which is huge. That's so, massive, yeah, isn't I it? That, I think, I think you'd, yeah. you'd be silly, really, not to put your captain on someone playing two games. Yeah, that's a no-brainer for me, yeah. um, especially when I've a big, big source and creaky there early on. Um, yeah. yeah, I'll be definitely maximising that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You and I, massive, massive Jackies fans. Do any of these make the roster? Do any of these guys lucky enough to be on the usage rate Supercoach NBL team? Um, I think Majuk Majuk is a big chance to be sitting on my bench. Uh, a couple others that I'm going to keep a little bit of an eye on are uh, um, the two guard imports in um Jordan Crawford and Milton Doyle. Uh, I I just want to see how they work together in the preseason. I want to see, uh, I want to take a really close look at the sort of sets that they're drawing up for those those guys and how those 
things operate against a team like Melbourne United. Um, obviously a really strong defensive team and they've loaded up in that area again this year. Um, I also think Junior Madut could be an option. Um, had a limited opportunity at South East Melbourne. I think he's going to see an increase in time. Um, and he had a few massive games last year when I looked at his chart. There were three games that really stood out where he went large, um, which was which were times when he was given that additional opportunity. So I think Junior Maduk could be a, a sneaky one that a lot of people probably won't look at. Nah, sounds good. You certainly helped me out there and I'm definitely going to have to log back onto the app now and, and make a few tweaks and changes to my team. And I think looking at the schedule is going to be huge. I think the more attention I can pay to that, um, the better. I think that's probably the big takeaways of from this Q&A. So, yeah, I really do appreciate it. Thanks for no your time. mate. I think uh, I'll just give you a little bit more on the schedule. I think something that's really important that a lot of people probably won't uh, do full amount of research on. I think a lot of people will look at the amount of games, which is great. But I think looking at um, looking at matchups is really important as well. Uh, I haven't had a full look into it, but if I can find a week where someone is playing two games at home and are playing in Adelaide, who I think will be really easy to score against, um, and and maybe a Cairns, because I think they're going to be really up and down. Let's say if Sydney were playing Adelaide and Cairns at home over a weekend, I think definitely dumping a captain on someone there or using that additional trade to try and get someone in from Sydney if they've got a good upcoming schedule will be really vital as well. I think those little things could make a big difference uh, in the way that this operates with the with the strategy that could be used by different people. Yeah, definitely going to be watch this space, I feel. Mm. And there's going to be a few different ideas thrown out there. It's going to really depend on who who makes the best choices. I was thinking this morning, am I better to virtually have an empty bench that scores not much at all because mm. their score gets halved anyway? Am I better loading that up on guns on the on the court? But the more I thought about that, I thought that that might work well early on. Um, but however, when when teams have these players scoring 30, 40s off their bench, um, they're going to get an extra essentially 100 points each week. So yeah. I think that what may pay off in the short term. I can't see that being a great long-term mm. strategy. Plus, it obviously gives you more options to bring players onto the court when they play their double schedules. Yeah, I guess with that, it's going to be a balance between, like you said, do you want an eight-half to a four or do you want a four-half to a two? You only lose two points really, whereas you could invest that extra 20,000 somewhere else. But um, but then do you lose out on that cash gen side of things, which is obviously so important in these fantasy games? Yeah, I think that, yeah, that's right. You lose out on the money, which I don't mm. think you can do. No. I think the most expensive teams always do well in Supercoach. Yeah, 100%. Well, hopefully I was able to answer a few of your questions and I can help out some of our other listeners as well, mate. No, nah, I do appreciate it. Um, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, do, do hopefully uh, get a call up again uh, if you need a little bit more fantasy questions, which I'm sure I'm going to have coming up over the next few weeks. But yeah, yeah we thanks, can, mate. Do appreciate we can get it. Get you on. So, uh, if anyone else would like to join the usage rate league, uh, the code 
for that league is 393932. So you can come and take both of us on and also uh, our other host, James Dare. So fantastic. Uh, yeah. Thanks for tuning in, guys. And uh, thanks for thanks for the questions, Baz. I'm sure a lot of people really appreciate um, learning a little bit more about NBL Supercoach. That's all good, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks, mate. Bye for now. Easy. Bye now.